Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead and AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're covering Season 3, Episode 10, titled Home. Uh, it doesn't feel like an Episode 10 to me, because Whoa. the half season just really threw me for a loop. Yeah. We're on we're on Episode 3 as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it uh, threw Mazera for a loop, too. It threw him, right, <laughs> yeah. threw him right into the unemployment line. Right into the gutter, just like they throw all their other showrunners. Ah, uh, rough justice. Um, okay, so do you have any news or events that you want to talk about right up front, or should we get into the feedback? First, or, I want, recap. I want to apologize for the quality of my voice. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. I immediately got sick as soon as I recorded last week's podcast, and yeah. it kind of laid me low. So I'm, yeah, I was surprised you were. You sounded like you felt fine during the cast, and then well, we, told me the, the next co- day that those thirteen uh, percent Russian imperial <laughs> beers you brought over didn't didn't hurt any as far as numbing the pain, but. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad we didn't have a podcast to do for a week because it took me about that long to be able to talk. So wow. um, a couple things to pimp up real quick is we're having a contest. Oh, are we? Yeah, Gerilyn of The Because Show. Not only she good for podcasts, but she's good for supplying swag. Cool. She got her hands on a brand new Amazon Kindle Fire. Oh. And she said, hey, I've got this Kindle Fire. Uh, why don't you guys give it away? So we created a contest at baldmove.com slash contest. The way it works is you enter email address. Uh, it spells out in the rules of contest. We're not going to use your email address for shit unless it's for notifying you that you've won. Um, okay. You put in your email address and a URL of you recommending our podcast. It can be on... Like Facebook or Twitter. Facebook, or... Twitter. Okay. Um, a forum site that you, you, know, that, that you like. Uh, I don't really care. Uh, please make it legit because if you do win, we're going to verify it. Um, if you do post to social media site like Google Plus or Facebook, make sure that post is public. Because uh, again, if we can't verify it, we're not going to give you a two hundred dollar thingamajig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's cool. So we're trying to uh, try this new kind of guerrilla marketing style. Um, okay. You can enter as many as you uh, as, as often as you'd like, so long as they're unique submissions. Okay. And good luck. Uh, also, why don't you pimp the intro music? I think you've forgotten that for a couple weeks now. Yeah, I always forget that. It's my brother's band. It's called My Stereana. You can find all of their music at mysterianamusic.com. Uh, it's good stuff, man. I mean, we had them write up this intro uh, custom for us, and it's, I don't know, pretty indicative of what they write. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're actually smashing on the indie scene. I know that they've been, like, dominating yeah. the – they've had the, their fans. Red Rooster Radio, they've yeah. been controlling that thing. They, they've been making that shit run. Yeah. So congratulations. So if you'd like them, go over and vote for them over there. <laughs> I'm sure they would appreciate that. They would, yeah. Uh, okay, let's get into the recap. This episode was interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know about you. We haven't really talked about it much. We always save it for the cast, but – it didn't really hit all of the uh, bases for me this time. Really, I, I'm watching, somewhere in the middle. I'm probably at like a six. Watching Rick, six uh, to seven. Are we just giving? Are we going right into the recap? Are we giving our? 
no, feelings. We're, we're gonna give our feelings on that. Okay, like here's I have do. a theory. Oh, and, and oh, I got boy. a lot of a lot of feedback. Uh, give me kudos on this. That okay. uh, my shitty reading of the drunken spoilers. <laughs> Last week made it sound like such an awful episode. Yeah, the people were actually pleasantly surprised. Little did they know, but AMC actually paid us to read that <laughs> drunkenly. <laughs> I found myself no. in the same boat. I'm going to give it a solid seven. I yeah, yeah, really liked the scene between Merle and Daryl, for example. There were a couple of standout scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really liked uh, you know anything involving Herschel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give credit where it's due later on in the episode, but uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I was I was totally digging this episode. Okay, rebounded after last week's suck fest, and I think <laughs> the other thing is like I get you get used to some of the show's craziness. Like you do, like three or four times they've had Rick be batshit crazy, mm-hmm. like lead paint chip eating crazy, <laughs> and I'm just kind of getting used to it. It's it's. Like what I say yeah. on Sunday, it's like boiling a frog in water. You just slowly yeah. turn up the heat, and he doesn't even know it. They're just slowly turning up the ridiculousness, <laughs> and they're like, you know, compare yeah. this to the pilot. Oh, compare this, and you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, compare this to even some of the stuff at the beginning of season three. I thought it was really strong. Yeah, season three A was strong. Season three B, yeah. the jury is kind of still out on. But. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just eh, it's yeah. not as strong as the other stuff I've seen. Yeah. And we have a lot of listeners who disagree with us oh. completely. They A lot of them were really on board with this, especially once it got to the end with the battle scene at the prison. I mean, yes, that was awesome. Uh, in some ways, it was awesome. In some ways, it was kind of bullshit. Uh, we'll talk about all that when we get to it. Yeah. But yeah, People- let's go... People refusing to use the scopes on their rifles. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> or even aim. <laughs> yeah. In Maggie's case. Uh, okay, let's get into the recap. Yep. It starts off with Rick uh, spotting Lori standing over the graves of all the people they've that have died in this prison. Uh, and he goes down to meet her. And when he gets there, she disappears. But she reappears on the outside of the fence. So, of course, Rick, being crazy, goes out there to meet her. Uh, as far as and, ghost and Michonne goes, is just watching, right? As far as ghosts go, she's a vengeful spirit, man. She's luring him further outside the prison. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting because this is not – okay, so I was reading this article, um, this interview with Sarah Wynn Callies, and she was talking about, like, what it was like to film those final scenes and, like, um, what that character is now because she said that that character is not Lori in any capacity. I mean, the character certainly looks like Laurie, but the character is actually Rick's idealized version of what he, through his rose-colored glasses, is remembering her as. Yeah, okay. Right? I'll, so I'll so she said it was like she wasn't even playing the same character, which there's not much acting going on here. She's standing there in a white dress. Right. right? <laughs> but that's what we're supposed nice to take away from SWC. it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and acting. <laughs> Uh, come on. <laughs> she did a hell of a job in her death scene. She did. She yeah. did. I honestly think Mazare was cutting her off screen. It's the only way they got that performance <laughs> out of her. They really gave they her a C-section. knife jammed in her gut, just twisting it. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, he was doing that to us in the entire season. So <laughs> he's used to it. Uh, we go back to Woodbury, and the governor goes to see Andrea, who's deep in thought. She's reflecting about the recent events and what she's going to do about it. Uh, he tells Andrea that she should lead the people temporarily while he gets his shit together, essentially. Because mm-hmm. uh, 
I mean, he, he's admitting here, right, that he's not capable of leading these people anymore, uh, certainly for the time being at least. And no one else is going to do it. I mean, Milton's not going to do it, obviously. Uh, Martinez or Martinez, I don't know how you say, how you say his name, uh, he's not fit for it at all. <laughs> um, so it falls on Andrea, and she seems reluctant but willing. Well, I mean, I think she's feeling out the governor here because his bullshit excuses are kind of just that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's wearing thin on her. And yeah. then this combined with the next scene, I'm really looking for uh, Andrea to make a break with this group uh, real soon. Yeah, he played in this scene the zombie daughter card. Uh, yeah. And the cure card. I don't think it impressed her that much. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Especially, I think... how convinced do you were when she's like, well, what about Rick's group in the prison? Oh, them? Oh, I'm just going to leave them alone. Not going to try to find them. You're not going <laughs> to attack. Oh, what would that get us? That's just try. I mean, come yeah. on. It's not going to get me my eye back. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't buy that for a second. The other thing I don't buy is what they're trying to set up with this bullshit gate out front. They've got... Four dudes with machine guns standing up there watching out on this one side of the town, right? And one girl. Well, <laughs> she wasn't in this shot. Oh, okay. Uh, she's guarding later, yeah. yeah. Uh, am I supposed to believe that the rest of the wall surrounding the city is impenetrable or that there are an equal number of people lining the entire wall around the town? I'd say you got probably double up the gate. Because that's the obvious entry point. That's what I'm saying. So why are more people... So more people should technically be guarding the other areas which aren't as heavily secured. No. Why would the... Okay, the gate is the easiest way to get in the city because it's actually an entrance. So why wouldn't you guard that heavily? Okay, I see what you're saying. But uh, is there a, is there like a stone wall around this town? No, I don't know because I want to say that at some point... Or a the billion tires. The, the governor's got like 19 thugs okay. around about. Does he? How, how did you I don't know. That, that? that number popped in my head. Hmm. Okay. Kind of like Lori popped into Rick's vision. Well, he's got 18 I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Well, he's lost a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. a lot. So he might be down to... I mean, how, how many guys do you think he took on that National Guard mission? National Guard mission? Yeah, oh, oh to the soldiers? Yeah. Maybe um, like 10? There were like six or at least six. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking like six to ten. And Probably. Taking uh, on the Rick mission, it seemed like they just had four. Yeah, and yeah. Two other dudes well, and Martin. Like four or five of them got killed in Rick's raid on the city. Oh, and the dude so, up and the dude up in the tower. So yeah, the dude was, in the tower got he got ganged too. I mean, honestly, Rick's group is making out better. Yeah, they're going to win the war of attrition, right? It seems like it. <laughs> I mean, if, get, if all they're doing is taking out Axel, the guy who can't even use a gun, right? They're Axel, not doing very yeah, good. Axel's not really a loss. <laughs> no. no. Um, he's less of a loss than Carol is because Carol can presumably fire a weapon. Yeah, Carol's competent, and I've actually kind of grown to like her over the last season. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's that. Uh, Andrea's definitely not happy with the governor right now, which mm-hmm. is good to see. It's good that she's not back to her old normal Andrea self, right. being total, totally oblivious to everything. Right. Um, my question here is how much of this governor's speech, like saying we need you, is genuine. Like, do you think he feels something for Andrea, or is he just trying to manipulate her into staying and helping I, him with the town? I don't know. I honestly you can't, tell. can't read it. I, uh, it was, yeah, it was tough for me, too. I mean, so... Yeah, I do feel I just, like most of it's genuine because of 
all of the loss that he's sustained, right? I mean, he lost his entire family. He's now losing the town. He probably doesn't want to lose the one thing that's been good to him over the past Well, this is this is true. And also, he's got some kind of weird connection to her through his wife somehow, his ex-wife. Oh, kind of looking like her? Her, his his widowed wife. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess there's that. and But, I mean... I never knew how much he cared of her other than a you know a wife surrogate for him because he I don't know he had those steady stream of women he was pounding yeah not that that's a replacement for a real relationship but I don't he doesn't seem like the relationship type hmm. uh, well he he reminds me of that the dude from the last episode of girls <laughs> he's lost his wife and now he's just pounding it out oh gotcha <laughs> try to replace her uh, okay, moving on. While they're hunting, Daryl is trying to convince Merle to go back to the prison with him. Um, that doesn't really work. There. What happens here? I think it's just a short scene with them talking about like trying to find food and stuff, right? Well, and I think I got the impression that number one, Merle's a world class fitter. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, number both t- of the Dixons <laughs> are. Number two is Merle's afraid. He's yes. honestly afraid about going back to that prison and dealing. I mean, he now knows something about Rick's group that he didn't before. Mm-hmm. They're badasses. They're <laughs> yeah. commandos. Uh-huh. And, uh, also, that's not the only thing he's afraid of. He's also afraid of losing his brother because we see later when Daryl finally says, fuck this, I'm going back. Yeah. He goes with him regardless of the danger that he's going to find yeah, at the prison. And, and that's the other thing. Like when the governor rolled up tough on Merle last season, you know, and get, and scolded him for getting his fight with, in, with Poindexter. Yeah. Um, you know, I really got the opinion that Merle don't want to be out alone. Yeah. And there's nobody, even as tough son of a bitch like him. So it's yeah. like if Daryl left him and he couldn't go back to the prison, mm-hmm. he's kind of fucked and he knows it. I get the opinion based on this episode and some of the back and forth between Daryl and Merle that Merle is not as much of a badass as he pretends to be. Uh-huh. I mean, yes, when he's with a group of elite commandos, Sure, he can do a little bit to help out. But when he's on his own, he's not going to be able to do that. And th- there's specifically a line. Um, it's in one of these scenes where they're in the woods and talking. And, and Merle seems almost, like, jealous. I think it's when they go to the bridge and they're both talking about, like, where the water is and what lake or what river this is. Uh, and Daryl is the one who correctly calls it. And that just shows to me that Merle is not as good at this as he might think he is. Or at least he's maybe rusty. Yeah, maybe rusty. I don't know. I mean, he's been in that town for a while and just following the governor. <laughs> so, um, Moving on. Glenn and Carl are planning what to do about the governor. And Glenn declares that they're staying and begins delivering orders. Uh, this is kind of where they're drawing chalk outlines on sure, sure. on the floor of the prison Battle there. I like this. Draw. I like to see Glenn back to his StarCraft days, you know? Mm-hmm. I like to see him planning out tactics and Yeah, that planning was a, missions. a thing we haven't seen in several seasons. Since season one. Yeah, right? he was the well-bait guy in season two. And the <laughs> yeah, I hated with, that Glenn. Getting with Maggie's side boob, but, I mean, mm, we okay. lost this side That's a better him. Glenn. <laughs> that's, a better, that's a better look for him. Yeah. But, um, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, fucking Michonne. Tell me about it. Can't she get a war? I mean, really? This is how you want to portray her. Yep. Let's have her on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Michonne. As a matter of fact, she's here. Come on in, Michonne. Michonne. Critics have leveled that your character is poorly written. 
and uses glowering silence in a place of dialogue, how do you respond? Good point. <laughs> Compelling. Good, yeah. Compelling. Um, also... So she does have a line here, right? Heads in the fish tanks. He's like a lunatic. Yeah, but then... But she says nothing. Zero nothing about Rick being outside of the, the gates. Yes. He's like, she saw this. He's Everyone on needs lookout. to know this. He's on a sign on lookout, which we find out later. And Insane. she's not saying anything. In fact, when Glenn's like, hey, are you with me on this plan to fuck over the governor? She's like rolling her eyes and like, pfft. Whatever. And then just gives okay. a nod, yeah. But uh, I, I had the line of the night, which surprisingly I think get a lot of love. Oh, I, I put the dictatorship is about to suffer a glinsurrection. <laughs> That's a good line, man. That's strong. I got four likes on that shit. That is strong. I was I was hurt. I was you, hurt. People, you'll probably get more now. But go back, they'll look at the feed <laughs> yeah. and say, "Oh yeah, that was a good." I line. don't want your pity likes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know about Herschel's assessment of what happened. With Glenn and Maggie and everybody at nobody does the at this point. No, everybody's in the dark at Woodbury. I, I he just like he says, "Hey, you went out there and you got your ass kicked." Well, they they were ambushed and not expecting it. This time they would be expecting it. Hmm. Like Glenn could might actually have a chance of getting into the to the town and killing the governor, especially with the help of Michonne. All right, maybe I don't know. Um, moving on, the governor goes to see Milton. Uh, basically to confirm his loyalty. I mean, he just asks him, like, would you take a bullet for me? Which I don't buy for a second. Um, and he also asks Milton to keep tabs on Andrea for him. Yeah, which is the whole point of the buttering up. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, it's This guy's such a fucking nerd. He's sitting there with his headphones on. Listening to whistles. Listening sounds. to alpha waves. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Mating calls of waves and gets, you know, shits his pants and the governor throws a hammer on the table, whatever. Yeah. Surely he's not going to survive. No. No. What if that had been a zombie? I mean, you know, my I, I'm, I'm on like a liver DEF CON. You've got what? Three? Uh, like, no. Like, You've got four episodes. Like if liver DEF CON five is where I'm actually chugging a fifth. Yeah, yeah. I'm like at a DEF CON one. I'm on a liver okay. con one right now. All right. He's just, just I can't take this character seriously. Especially <laughs> when we get to the next scene where he's trying to dissemble uh-huh. with Andrea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, fantastic. Can't do it. Can't I'm, do it. Uh, okay, when we get to that scene, I want to talk a little bit about the guy who plays Milton and everything. Okay. Um, John Ritter? <laughs> no. John Ritter's but son? Uncanny resemblance. <laughs> um. No, my my thing here is when he tells the governor that he would take a bullet for him, I don't buy it. I think that maybe Milton would like to think he would, but he's not the kind of guy who jumps in front of a bullet to save somebody else. He's the guy who hides under the table while the governor gets pumped full of bullets. Oh, yeah. He's brave and courageous, does not go hand-in-hand with Poindexter. No, certainly not. Uh, And I think the governor knows that, actually. But the fact that he's willing... um, to at least say that he would, it shows him that he's still loyal. I don't know. Uh, Andrea's looking for the governor. Um, this is where she's outside and runs up to Milton. No one gives her a straight answer about where he is, not even Milton, uh, who kind of dances around it, asking more questions, <laughs> maybe. Um, th- this guy, this guy who plays Milton, I don't know what he's like in real life or in any of his other movies or anything, uh-huh. um, but he's playing a really good introverted scientist guy, isn't he? You think so? I think so. I think he's playing a sci- sci-fi channel guy. 
but he's playing it like with. He's the guy that's I in the basement he's... that's done all the groundbreaking research on the octopus or the sharktopus. You know. Yes, I will give you that. But he's also, <laughs> I, I feel like he he looks the part, which helps. He's cow. He's full of cowardice. He's very man. My opinion. And he's very mannered. Yeah, he's very mannered. Um, I don't know. I just think he's playing a really good like introvert. A guy who who is smart doesn't think. I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I like this guy because for the same reason I like Gale from Breaking Bad is there's a little bit of me in him somewhere, right? Mm, like maybe. I'm I'm not alpha male. I'm not Rick running around shooting guns and stuff. I'm probably a little bit more like Poindexter. All right. Well, maybe so, maybe maybe, that's of, why maybe a cup of tea. I could use some like, like <laughs> herbal with the honey and lemon right yep, now with some cocaine uh, in it. I, I like the fact I like to see the bitchy rifle girl has stepped up to take up the slack. Yeah, in the defensive line, the shitty bow girl left definitely from dying and not taking any shit from Andrea at all. Well, that, I, I like that about her too. Yeah, and plus I think she's hotter than shitty bow girl. She didn't tuck her, you know, she didn't tuck her earlobes in or the tips of her ears into her. Hat. Well, to be fair, we haven't seen her with a hat on. She wasn't wearing so. like Daisy Duke rolled up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, she's classier. Right. A lot classier than shitty Bo classier. Speaking of classy, what did you think about the advertisement, which was right before or after the scene about the Walking Dead in black and white? Oh, okay. making a big deal about Yeah, yeah. So I was going to talk about this at the end, but let's do it. Okay. Um, I actually like it. I think I... Are they just doing okay. the first season? Because so, season two, I just don't think it's going to work in black and white. Once they get to tell us the frogs, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> like you just you can't show season one ever again. Tell in, us the Turner in its movies. <laughs> Colorize this shit. Oh man. Uh, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome? So here's what I think they're doing. I think they're doing a little bit of an homage to Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. kind of the the granddaddy of all the, the zombie flicks. Um, so that's why I do like it. I also see it as AMC just wants to run their biggest hit show over and over and over again as much as they can. Um, so that's kind of the ploy there. Uh, now, it would be funny if they did this black and white one and then they did – do you remember the 90s version of Night of the Living Dead? Mm. If they did a colorized – like a badly colorized version of the black and white version of Walking Dead, <laughs> I think that would be awesome. And I would they would kind of earn points again for me. Well, I mean, I guess what their thought is is they can't go wrong running reruns, and if they do something exactly. with a little bit of uh, the homage factor, that they're going to, yep, you know, rake in the big bucks. I mean, it might work. Are you going to watch it? No, no, me either. <laughs> I can watch it right now. I can just go to my TV saturation zero, and there you go. Yeah, I mean, if I are they going to do anything but that? Or are they actually going to make it any kind of a process? I, I couldn't tell. I, I think they're just going black and white. Wow. All right. Well, interesting. They should stuff. badly dub it. I, I think they should go Ooh. all out with stuff like that. That would be awesome. That costs money. As I've <laughs> yeah, pointed, fair enough. As I pointed out, it doesn't cost any money to decolorize anything. <laughs> True. So. All right. Well, let's move on. Glenn gets back from scouting the backside of the building, or the backside of the prison, rather, which has been overrun with walkers once again. Uh, they thought they cleared that out, but nope. Uh, he go. He's leaving to take Maggie on a mission, but... This is where they kind of get into a blow-up about what happened with the governor. Uh-huh. Uh, she's pissed about it. What was your takeaway from their exchange here? Because it seemed – at first it seemed weird to me. Well, I mean I still 
it's hard for me to understand exactly why Maggie's upset. I asked, um, I asked, I asked, so I asked my girlfriend and she yep. said she thought it was because Glenn was acting so angry, hmm. you know, and okay. like, you know, making it all about him and not really being, hmm. he's more involved in his own anger and his own sense of vengeance than kind of worrying about her and even what happened and all that. Um, that Nat- kind of jives with what I remember from that scene. Natalie Kay wrote and said uh, she thought the writer's trying to show classic responses to what she went through. She's possibly angry and lashing out because often women feel like they brought the assault on themselves, not because they did, but because we were brought up to not provoke such an attack, you know, by crossing her legs, covering up, behave ladylike. So when sexual assault happens, immediately start asking yourself what you did wrong. Again, not because you did anything wrong. Your logic and all your modern woman lessons yell at you that you didn't do anything, but your emotional side still feels like you did something wrong. Um, hmm. Sometimes, too, if you didn't actually get raped, you feel pathetic or uh, uh, feeling like that. You're getting angry at yourself because you know everyone knows actual rape is the true horror, but here you are crying like a baby over something that was not their full crime. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting take on it. The other thing I heard, I can't remember if this was from Facebook or a female friend I was talking to, but they wondered if it wasn't um, that she was upset because Glenn didn't give up. That's That was my initial thought. I think Oh, was it you? You were my female friend I was talking to. Yes, I was a female friend. Uh, That was my initial thought, but after hearing like a lot of responses, we got some in listener feedback in emails as well. I, d- I think there's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are a lot of different reasons why she's angry and why Glenn is angry. Um, cer- certainly Glenn was as angry as he is because of what he thought happened. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, well, it's okay because she didn't get technically raped? Yeah. It's, I can see it's how weird. this would piss off Maggie. And also yeah. I kind of I kind of dig how this is going. I mean it feels like a – you know, after all the bullshit, stupid things argued about in season two by everyone, this uh, is something for characters to be at odds about. That's interesting. You don't know how it's going to be resolved. You can understand yeah. both sides, and it's complicated too. It's not it just is this, very complicated. This straightforward thing that we're supposed to immediately know. We we have to kind of infer here what's going on, right? Uh, and it, it gives people something to talk about. So it's right. interesting, also, because I think it gives a little bit of inside window on Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, like Glenn's always kind of been this milk toast dude for me, but I mean, this experience he had really brought out number one, the zombie killer in him. Cause you know, he just turned into a beast when he was beaten by Merle <laughs> and, uh, uh, let that zombie unleashed on him and then rip some bones out and, you know, implying what they did to his girlfriend. And now, you know, he's like consumed by vengeance and he doesn't want to plan and think and just a strike back now. Yeah. Um, that reveals a side of him that I didn't know existed. Definitely. Uh, certainly didn't see that when he was going down in the well. No. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, moving on. Carol and Axel are out fortifying the bridge while they chat about Axel's past and, and flirt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Getting a little uh, I got nonchalant. A slightly offended at how quickly Carol's moved on from Daryl. <laughs> right, Daryl's gone. Oh, Axel. Yeah, has it, has we have we had a full day night cycle since that no, happened? No, it's been three hours. Right. <laughs> so I just I just thought that was like a little soon. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we do find out here that apparently, but wait, 
Axel are we sure that huge Carol and Daryl actually had something? No, we're not actually positive there was a romance there. We know that they certainly Carol had feelings for her. Okay. Daryl, I never could tell whether he did or not. Yeah, I Daryl was kind of afraid of letting anybody get close to him, I think. That, and also you could argue that maybe that he saw her as more of a maternal comfort figure than sure. a sexual one. Yeah. But I think she wanted... Bow, chicka, yeah, wow. she did. Yeah. <laughs> as evidenced in this scene. I mean, she's getting flirty with Axel. Yeah. And anything that comes along her path, she's jumping on top of it. Right. But it's like the other thing is like <laughs> Axel actually was surprisingly charming this episode, which is yeah, yeah. the Walking Dead's motif. Right before you kill somebody, you know, play up their backstory, give them some oh, juicy yeah. lines. Um, you know, but still, this is the guy that hit on a 16-year-old and kind of, like, defended it. And then mm. hit on her and called her a lesbian. And, I mean, eh, I, I get it. He's l- almost the last man on Earth. Almost, yeah. From her perspective. But uh, still, come on, Carol. Uh, and apparently, he's in prison for armed robbery. Uh, that he claims to have not actually committed. I don't believe it. Uh, I don't believe anything this guy says at this no, point. No, hell no. There's, and there's He's a liar. It's just like uh, Red said in the Shawshank Redemption. There, ain't, there is not a single guilty man in this prison. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, sure. what incentive would he have to tell the truth? None. He's already lied twice. One's all, I'm just in here because of drugs. Now mm-hmm. I'm in here for armed robbery, but it was really a squirt gun. I mean, yeah. come on. I don't, I don't buy it. Not buying it, Axel. Liar, liar, pants on fire, on speed. <laughs> uh, I especially don't buy it because I um, I think I was listening to another podcast today where they were talking about uh, Lou Temple, who's the guy who plays him. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he, no, I, I was reading an article, an interview with Lou Temple, um, and he said that basically he was playing this character very close to the vest. Like if you, <laughs> if you notice... When you see Axel, he is always covered up. He's not like even in the heat outdoors, he's wearing his full jumpsuit. Yeah, and he says that's because the tattoo that shows on his neck was not the only tattoo that he was going to have, and there were going to be a lot of things you learned about Axel later on. Did they not now, tell him their plans? Like this seems that, like that's bullshit. what I'm wondering. Now I don't know if that's like what the actor had in his head before he even knew that he was going to get axed. Uh-huh. This episode, or if they like the show, legitimately had other plans for him. Well, and you never know. That, I mean, and some, then just changed him. Some actors get way into the method thing. Like, for example, Walton Goggins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you read an interview with him where he, I think, it was a Terry Gross interview on NPR because he has the swastika tattoos and a lot of racist tattoos on him for mm-hmm. Justified. Yeah, and in season one, he would go out. Oh, in public no. with cut off sleeves to have lunch and stuff with the makeup on to feel <laughs> people's reactions and to hear that because you know he's not famous yeah, yeah. enough that people would be like oh walton goggins you know yeah um and he, he's like you know super uncomfortable and oh, i bet but but that helped him kind of get into boyd's skin wow um so now this guy is no Walton Goggins, and he's no. not got. This isn't Boyd Crowder. Although for a role crossover time, he was in this week's Hell episode yes, of Justified. He was. Yes, so he was. freaking cool there. Yeah, 
No, but you know what I'm saying? But so you're right, like, yeah. I, I don't know how much this is just him trying to make something out of nothing because, hell, he only lasted two episodes past Oscar. Yeah, yeah. And the Oscar dude was not that thrilled about the way he went out. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see. Ah, oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, Daryl and Merle are back in the woods. They're arguing about which river they found. Uh, and they hear a baby crying. Mm-hmm. And they spot a family being attacked by walkers on a bridge. Daryl moves in to save them. And once they're safe, Merle starts to uh, look through this stuff, but Daryl stops him and lets the family leave. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a long sequence here with a battle in between. And the, the kill of the week, Oh God! the yes. zombie kill of the week, <laughs> when Daryl stabs the one with the the arrow, the crossbow bolt, right? No, hell no. He took that one <laughs> zombie tailgating. Fuck yeah, that was amazing. The amount of blood mm. that came out of that zombie head was disgusting. Yeah. Deliciously disgusting. I there are this. some bad edits in this uh because did you notice like every ounce every inch of daryl's hands were covered in blood when he slammed the, the oh yeah gate. yeah but then when he brought his hands up to shoot the crossbow <laughs> next scene clean nice yeah well maybe he had some kfc wet wipes <laughs> sure he's the fastest wipe in the west <laughs> southwest southeast whatever yeah good stuff so this is where the the sign at the end says yellow jacket creek and that's we talked about that already. Right. Um, but really cool stuff uh, from Daryl here, showing once again that he is still a badass. Uh, we haven't seen that from him in a little while. And we got a freaking awesome scene here. He's pretty badass in the finale episode. But yeah. Uh, the half-season finale? Yeah, I take, yeah. Your, I take your meaning. Uh, well, we should see him be badass. We should see him be badass in every, every episode, we should. honestly. There should just be the ten minutes of Daryl. <laughs> section of walking dead <laughs> oh boy uh okay moving on uh, after saving the family merle and daryl have a blowout over what just happened and things that have happened in their past um apparently fantastic scene yeah this was a great scene um because we get so few of these scenes with daryl right there's so little emotion actually coming from daryl no. that when you combine it with the fact that he's got ken here uh, and they're dealing with deep-seated family issues. It's pretty impressive. Not only that, but he put Merle on his ass. Like this rapid fire, yeah. just whipped around. Look, I went back. You weren't there. And I didn't cut that hand off. You did. And way before we got on the roof, you asked for it because you're a simple-minded piece of shit. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> that, like Conversation Merle, over. Basically, Merle had nothing left to do but to try to like smack him around, which is mm-hmm. you know you kind of got from previous flashbacks as his go-to move. And then I guess he sees where Daryl's daddy beat him, like he was yeah. beat. Yeah, yeah. This is the part. And, of the, and, this is the part of spoiler recap that I completely butchered and didn't understand what was going on because oh, reading that felt very flat and lifeless. Yes, this was awesome. Yeah, it was like, and then Daryl hits the ground, and then his shirt's ripped off, and then Merle looks at him, and he sees <laughs> the scars are the same as his. I'm like, what? Yeah. So no, Merle didn't even know. That Daryl was abused, apparently. Yeah, but I think Daryl... I buy that. The acting was good here. It was genuine. My take on that, because Daryl kind of, like, called him on it, and Merle's like, that might have been your fantasy, but you had to know you left this, and you you knew why you left, and you left me was a younger version of you. What the hell was did you think was going to sure. happen? Sure. So he he could have probably guessed what was going to happen. I don't think he ever saw it happen. No. Um, sure, sure. So, yeah, maybe he was deluding himself a little bit to think, oh, if I just leave, my brother will be fine. 
But that's I mean it broke Merle down. I mean he's yeah. not exactly reduced to tears, but damn near, damn Especially near when, when he said leaves. I can't go back. Yeah, hell of a performance from Michael Rooker. Yeah. I love watching Michael Rooker perform. Yeah. He is incredible. Yeah, even when he's being a total asshole. Yeah, and <laughs> like, like yeah, oh yeah. And Daryl's parting shot is like, even though I'm the one walking away, it's going to be you leaving me yeah. again. Yep. Uh, fantastic, tough, man. Oh god, I mean. Best best scene of the episode, in my opinion. By far. Yeah. By far. Uh, okay. Glenn's heading out to secure the back of the prison, uh, and he's taking the car, and Herschel kind of questions him about what what he's doing, why he's trying to be the leader, why he's so angry, all sorts of stuff coming from Herschel here. Um, and while Herschel's out there, he spots Rick outside the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't go down there yet because he's got to really soak in the fact that Michonne didn't say a damn word about this. <laughs> um, I got to say, I lost a little faith in Carl's lookout skills during the scene because Herschel goes out there and immediately sees Rick roaming around. Carl has presumably been out there for hours. Mm. Hasn't seen his dad. Yeah, but he's kind of like Rick's gone in and out of the brush. I mean, when we yeah. next see Rick, he's like, he, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Herschel, Herschel just got lucky, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Plus, wasn't Beth standing by? Oh, well, yeah. Distraction. Who could blame him? He's 12 years old. <laughs> Is he 12 anymore? I think he's older than that now. Yeah, I think he's 35. <laughs> he will be next season. <laughs> uh, yeah. His face has changed shape three times since they first started making this show. I feel like I should throw in the obligatory Lost reference, but I won't. Yeah. Um, oh. it, we go back inside the prison, and we get a short scene with Beth... Trying to cheer up Maggie with little baby ass kicker. Yeah, I actually was Puts impressed right with the way Beth uh, handed off Judith there. It wasn't half bad. Yeah. It wasn't it was the like freak a horror show that her holding him was last week. She Joe Montana that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did put it in my notes like, oh, that's rich. Her showing how to hold a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Now support it from the leg. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. You press the soft spot. So do you think this is... I mean, does Beth sense what's going on here and how angry her sister is and do this to actually cheer her up, or does she actually want to cook breakfast for her dad? Uh, the, the former, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Well, that's good of her. Uh, I didn't think Beth had any sense in her head whatsoever, but that's nice of her to do. Uh, Herschel Lynn goes down to the fence to try to snap Rick out of his haze, and Rick confesses that he saw Lori and Shane. Wait, wait, wait. And he thinks it means something. Was was this an audio joke that they play, or not a joke, but a trick? Because like the first few times he called Rick, mm-hmm. it sounded like some kind of animal. Oh, like, did it? Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> I mean, it didn't. I well, we're definitely supposed to think that this is Rick just hallucinating. Okay. Or or at least we're supposed to think that that's what Rick thinks. Right. Right? Because he's looking around and he doesn't see anything. And then several calls and he's walking across the bridge and he finally stumbles into Herschel's face. What do you think Andrew Lincoln's performance in this? <laughs> this might be controversial, but I kind of liked it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just think he... I thought he was so distracted by... The apparitions that he saw and what was going on, his mission to find Lori, that he couldn't have this conversation with Herschel. Like, it was, it wasn't a conversation. It was just him vaguely understanding what the words were and saying something. Right. I thought I it was know. effective as a guy who is like, 
just totally out of it. I found it very distracting because it I just – you know, he's, he's this guy. He's like sweaty as hell. He's got like jerry curl hair suddenly. Per- how long has he been wet? out there? Because Herschel said you're tired, you need rest. And there's been he's, – he's been zombie-free, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. weird considering what happens at the end of the episode. And he's yeah. just all like, you know, Herschel – I don't have time to talk to you. My wife is out here. She's ate a sandwich and she is stacked again. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, he's just, I I wish I wanted to watch that scene a couple more times to to work on my impression because he's just got this really thick quality about him that I just, yeah, I, I'm, and it might be just me because I think crazy Andrew Lincoln is bad. Andrew Lincoln. (laughs) And I've seen a little bit too much. I think you're mostly right about that, honestly. And I think, you're right about that too. They're going a little too far with this. Like, I mean, he's one game. more episode of Crazy Rick, and I'm I'm done with Crazy Rick, right? Right, right. Like even we Herschel's kind of. Again. There's a little bit of tinge of yeah. Uh, I can see you like this, but if anybody else is, you know, can you <laughs> can start confessing? It's going to be bad, Rick. Yep, yep. Uh, another reason Glenn's I like gone this. off the reservation. You know, yeah. I got two daughters that, or well, one daughter's gone crazy. One is trying to murder a baby. <laughs> Uh, you know, we need you. And Rick's like, well, you know, you should lead. Yeah. Come on. I, I do kind of like Rick being out of commission here for at least temporarily so that other people can have a chance to shine. Right. I mean, he's like the center of the show most of the time. I, this I want to see Glenn take a shot at leading this. I want to see Beth take a shot at leading this group. Sure. But there's gotta be better ways to get him out of commission than I agree. Him being a lunatic, but I'm trying to look on the bright side here. All right. He's out of commission. Happy days. And then the battle begins. And that's the end of the episode. Pretty much. <laughs> so what do you think of this battle? Um, I like the fact that they cut Axel off mid-dumbass story. Yes, I like that. Like, you know, you know it's that almost like they punished, him for, they, they punished him for telling that awful, awful joke. I know. It's the last thing problem. he said. What was his problem? He wouldn't give me any. Good <laughs> <laughs> gone. Yeah. A uh, couple things. Uh, James V. asked, why didn't they shoot uh, Carl? Or no, Ac- or um, wait a second. Carl? Yeah, Carl was, was he down by the gates? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I I got this. I've I've butchered this. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hit the eject button on this. Um, okay. Some people ask why you know did they shoot Axel and not like Carl Jr. Uh, yeah. or some of the other you know targets? Because presumably they see a guy in a prisoner's outfit, a healthy male. That's what I'm saying. And they take him out. It sounds sexist. They don't take out the kid. They don't take out the woman next to him. It sounds sexist, but yes. from the governor's point of view, you've got woman, teenage girl, mm-hmm. preteen boy. You know, if Herschel's still out there by the fence, crippled old man. Yeah. Who and, are you going to take out first? Yeah. So, the able-bodied man, probably. I, I agree. So that that was my thinking. <laughs> of course, that was a completely wasted shot because he wouldn't have been any help anyway. It's got to be, yeah, right? It's got to be Carol. Uh, Carol's got to be getting a complex at this point, too. Like, you know, the second she starts showing yeah, affection yeah. for people, uh, they either take <laughs> off or get their head shot. See, now... now you're getting uh, you're getting spoilery on our listener emails here. What we have some listeners writing in about this stuff. Okay, yeah. we've got uh, Carol standing next to T Dog when he dies. We got Carol oh. standing next to Axel when he dies. Ah. Daryl shouldn't get too close. Apparently, yeah, no kidding. Um, so I don't know. I, there's just such an an interesting mix of awesome shots and really lousy shots. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about like. 
from a cinematography, I'm talking about from a shooter's perspective. Because like when Rick is in broad is in, in wide open and he's running across a bridge, shots are just spraying all over the place and missing him by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he ducks behind the bridge and Martinez becomes a crack shot and like is missing his head by inches, mm-hmm. like fraction of inches. Yep. I mean, that's I don't know. It gets worse too because once the once the Woodbury people are gone, yeah. they all become crack shots again. Right. I mean, they, they can take out a zombie no problem. It's yeah. the guilt that they feel taking out and a And the human. governor <laughs> is just standing in wide yes. open. That annoyed me the most. I mean, he's not even aiming. He's not He's not even shooting at anything. He's shooting into the air randomly. Right. Right? I mean, he's got that thing cocked to the side. He's just firing from the Well, that's he's just doing because he's getting his gun off. Yes. Which, okay, fine. But that seems like just the amount of ammo these people are going through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. And, and the governor's just pissing it away like it's going mm-hmm. out of style. I presume that the governor has a lot of ammo because he has been raiding – National Guard trucks and yeah. things like that. He's got a lot of ammo. Yeah, but it's not like they're making any more. Fair enough. They could. And Rick's group doesn't have that much ammo. Unless they have a cache of weapons in the prison. I thought that they, they that was one of the things they said, that there wasn't, you know, there's medical supplies and all that, but there wasn't much in the way of. Oh, maybe. I mean, they had that riot gear. Yeah, that, Glenn that, was wearing the blo- some. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um... What do you think about the uh, the Walker wagon? The effectiveness of hiding behind a filing cabinet when someone is shooting an automatic weapon at you? Uh, it's not very, but it's. I thought the same <laughs> thing when they're setting up those little flimsy metal tables against it. It's yeah. like that's not going or to car help. doors. That's yeah. the one thing that gets me is oh, bullets go through so much more than you'd think, right? They just don't show that in the movies. No. I mean, engine block, yeah, take cover behind yeah, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But car door, not going to do much. Yeah. No. Oh, well. Yeah, so the but, zombie van, what do you think of that? Um, It seems – so what is the governor's plan here? His plan is to bur- burn them out with zombies. And, but it, it seems like he – that – I don't know. It seems like he had them in a really bad spot and he could have pressed of his vantage. Mm-hmm. But he just decides to, you know, run. Yeah. Like as soon – like that was his grand strategy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run down this fence and I'm going to unleash 15 walkers. And hope they can't deal with them. Smile like an idiot and leave. <laughs> and, yep. uh, I don't know. I, it, does, it didn't make a lot of good logical sense. Who, you know, who was driving the car? Who was driving the van wearing all the armor? Oh, it was definitely Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. It was definitely a woman, though. It seemed like a woman. I feel, yeah. I feel like it's bitchy rifle girl. You think so? Yeah. Could have been. She seemed capable of running like that. Yeah. She's <laughs> capable of stonewalling Andrea. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about this plan, honestly. I think, I think their plan was foiled at least a little bit by rick being outside the fence well i don't think they expected that at all i thought they did a bad job of yes that would have made perfect sense if he like rick had been able to flank them Mm -hmm. and i guess thank god rick had a psychotic break or else yeah you know he probably been walking around the courtyard and gotten taken out the uh, right off off the bat so yeah you know yay for rick being crazy but i yeah I, i just i felt like that would have been, and I thought that was the angle they were going to take. Mm-hmm. That Rick was going to be able to flank him, 
And then, you know, because, you know, knowing the spoilers like we did, then the, the Dixon brothers show up and that would have routed them. Yeah. But no, the governor's like, this is going so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Let's take, let's let them sit and Roll stew out. on this before. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know. It didn't make much sense. All right. That's the end of the episode. Uh, real quick. I was just thinking real quick, week, though, yeah. that actually the governor might have given them a more defensible position because they've got a, effectively a walker moat now. <laughs> that is giant just fence, leave them. Yeah. courtyard full of walkers, and then it's nice secured area where there's still plenty of room to move and whatnot. They oh, won't even be... if they were confined to just the prison itself. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to wait a long time to wait them out. Right. Honestly, if I was Rick's group, I'd, lo- I'd have looked into uh, getting the walkers herded into the runs. You know, the space between the two fences. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been – I mean, that's like a super effective deterrent. <laughs> yeah, create a real zombie mode. Yeah. Nice. Dig a big trench down there. And mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you what. Oh, also, I've noticed that uh, it seems like we're sponsored by Dodge this year. Are we? Because they found a brand new fucking big-ass quad cab yeah. Hemi-powered Dodge <laughs> that they're driving around. All right. The, when when so, a Hyundai, uh, yeah. whatever. Hyundai's gone, huh? So no, what is it? What's the... Sonata? Is no, that what it is? Well, they, they got that, but the, what's, what's uh, the Shane Mobile? Shane Mobile. Uh, I don't remember the model. Sorrento? That's a Kia. Yeah, that's Kia. <laughs> anyway. That's a personal arrogance thing. Fuck it. Anyway. Uh, all right. Zombie Kill of the Week. Obviously, Daryl with the, with the hatchback. The Gatecrasher. God, that was amazing. That was awesome. Uh, Idiot Survivor of the Week. I'm going to give it to Michonne for being a silent statue the entire episode. Wow. You had to work extra hard, Michonne, to beat out Rick. I did. You can't get much, du- you can't get much more dumbass than But I give Rick a break because he's psychotic. But he knows he's psychotic. Oh, good point. <laughs> That's the other thing. To, it's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, when he's I, talking with Herschel. I mean, he's like, yeah, I know she's not real. Well, but I gotta find her. Then are you crazy or not? All right, all right. Rick takes it. Yeah. Idiot survivor of the week. Oh, I just talked you out of it? You did, yeah. Wow. Rick takes it. Because if he didn't know he was psychotic, fair enough. He sounds like Doc, he sounds like John Nash out of A Beautiful Mind, except for he was like 80 <laughs> yeah. years old and had a, a lifetime of electroshock therapy and medication yep. helping him out. I mean, I don't think you're that lucid if you're having a psychotic break. Maybe our non-expert expert will weigh in on that. Non-expert expert? Yeah, you know, from la- uh, last season, the guy that says, I'm no expert. I'm just a neurologist from... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Right. Cool. I'm no professional. Yeah. All right. Do we have uh, some stuff to do before we get to listener feedback? We do have a little bit of promo stuff. Uh, just, again, I uh, want to remind everybody for the contest, baldmove.com slash contest. You can read all the official rules there. Um, I think it's running until mid-March, so you got a little bit of time, but don't wait. Um we also have, uh, you know, sponsors by Audible. Um, dot com this week. Man, you butchered that. Sorry, sorry. Blame it on your voice. Uh, I will blame it on my voice. But you know, uh, we do appreciate them. They help keep the podcast free. Um, mm-hmm. It's always nice when when they sponsor us. We, I'm actually a fan of their product. Um, that new Whisper Sync that they've got. Awesome. Uh, you know, I've been talking about it ever since you mentioned it. But it's really awesome. You get one of their. Uh, audiobooks, and if you got a Kindle, you can keep the devices synchronized. So you can read at home, you can listen on the road, and it all keeps track of where you're at. You don't get lost. Um, they got over 100,000 titles. I was going to make a recommendation. Um, on vacation a couple weeks ago, I got a um, big fan of John Green, local Indianapolis oh, yeah. native. He's big in the nerd culture. 
Uh, he's the Don't Forget to Be Awesome guy. He's the uh, Crash Course, Course World History. History. Yeah, that's um, that series is good. And I found out while I was down there that he's also an author. And I read his book, uh, The Fault of Our Stars, which is – it's actually young adult fiction. But oh, it's fiction? I would assume it was a history book, no, honestly. No, no, it's, it's, it's fiction. Okay. And I found it really, really good. It's like if you like – uh, like the Hunger Games, but without violence. Like, but it's got that hmm. kind of like smart, you know, female protagonist, and you know, you know, late teenagers being smart. Uh, I think you would enjoy it. And they have that okay. uh, unabridged copy. And I think you had a recommendation nice. as well. Yeah, I got a better recommendation. Oh, for a little bit more appropriate. <laughs> a little bit more appropriate than a teen romance novel. Uh, I would definitely. This is. Um, an audiobook that I listened to probably five years ago, and I don't know if Audible was even a thing back then, but they've got it on Audible. Two it's versions. Called World War Z, and it's really, really good audiobook because it's narrated by tons of people. Do you have it up on your screen over no, there? No, I, I know shut it down. Mark Hamill um, is one of them. John Turturro. Uh, Rob Reiner it? is mm-hmm. one of them. Uh, John Turturro is one of them. Just a ton of really good characters slash voice actors portraying all these different parts from around the globe talking about what it was like when the zombie apocalypse hit. Mm-hmm. Like what happened and how we fought them and, and how fast things fell and just everything you'd want to know. Like if you read the zombie survival guide by Max Brooks, then this is kind of like the story that happens behind the scene or – that that's kind of like the logistics of it. This is kind of like the fiction of it. Sure, sure. And and it's really good. The the voices are incredible. And the best part, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash bald move, you can sign up and get a free audiobook. Yeah, you can so check either it out one for of free. those. You can tra- check them out. Uh, if you don't like it, cancel. You don't pay nothing. Nada. Sweet. Zip. So thanks to Audible for that. Um, we are part of the Bald Move Network to complete our promo little circle here. You can find all of our content, uh, TV, uh, uh, our TV coverage. Uh, we've got Mad Men, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones. We've got the weekly TV podcast where we talk about um, – Really just girls now. Girls <laughs> and Justified. Justified. That's pretty much it. Um, and we talk about other stuff we're watching, like we're going to be talking about um, – uh, House of Cards. We can tonight. discuss a little bit. I saw the first three episodes of that. So um, don't forget our new, uh, affiliates, the Personal Arrogance guys out of Seattle. This week talking about uh, their personal entourages, the return of Scat Scat categories. Yes, my favorite segment. Our is so favorite segment. <laughs> so funny. Uh, preschool for all. The Batmanless Justice League, which is heresy. Uh, also the Because Show. Uh, who has a Sibian update? I'll say no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about the Lay's chips flavor finalist and introducing a new snapback service, so you can use Amy's quick wint to get revenge. Yeah, she's on, got a logo and everything on people. Oh, really? Up, up They're doing it up right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, uh, if you like Downton Abbey, give uh, Kelly and Tom on Up Years Downstairs, uh, newest affiliate yeah. covering all things Downton. So, and they do a hell of a job on that. They do. Way they, better than we did in our weekly cast. They, they take the time. They get, talk about the history of it. They talk about the fashion and mm-hmm. local customs. It's, it's, it's awesome. You'll feel like you're living in the area. They beat us. We're like, fuck it. We're not going to cover it. We're just going <laughs> yeah. to see if they'll, they'll cover it for us. And, and they're gracious enough to do that. Yep. So uh, we always appreciate reviews and ratings on iTunes. It's the single biggest thing you can do to drive traffic to our cast and help us grow the network. And we appreciate you doing that. And last but not least... Uh, use our Amazon affiliate link if you're buying stuff off Amazon at amazon.baldmove.com or you can click on the banner at the top of our website. Um, it's 
an easy way. If you're buying stuff on Amazon, please do it. It gives us a little bit of the profit. It doesn't cost you anything, mm-hmm. and it helps keep this podcast free. So everyone that does that, we appreciate it. And that's all of my whoring. All right. We're ready for feedbacking. Let's, yeah, let's get to the feedback. Uh, we start off this week with Juan T. Uh, and I, I apologize to everybody who I had to cut this week. Lots of emails. Lots of emails. And we have another bona fide spoiler section this time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I may, forgot maybe to Maybe just talk, as drunken as last time. I forgot to talk that up last week because, you know, usually I say it's like, hey, we got mega yeah. spoilers. But, you know, I'm going to say it again. These spoilers are... You know, there's a chance that there's always a chance they could be wrong, but they've been right like astonishingly amount of uh, amount of the time, and it's basically yeah. a synopsis of the episode. Yeah, you also have to think ten minutes into it, nothing's going to make sense. Mm-hmm. So, really, if you just skip ten minutes in, you'll be fine with the rest of it. <laughs> now, all right, Juan T says, "I have a theory about Ghost Lori. I think Lori is not completely dead. I think she's a zombie." You never see the body, and when Rick goes nuts and gutted the zombie where Lori died, you never see proof that he ate her. I think little ass-kicker is going to be left unattended. Lori's going to find her and try to eat her, and Rick is going to have to kill Lori. <laughs> Man, that's dark. Uh, yeah. Zombie mama coming back to eat her baby. <laughs> well, you're the one that gets off on that <laughs> shit, man. I'm squicked out by all zombie moms and zombie babies. So. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that... You don't think we'll ever see a zombie baby? No, I don't think we're ever going to see a zombie Lori. We might very well see a zombie baby. I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm just saying I don't think it's going to happen. I I feel like uh, zombie Lori is not going to happen. They've gone... I mean, at this point, if they did bring her back, it'd be a cop-out because they've said so many times publicly that that, you know, the, the fat zombie was was the remains of Lori in his belly. Yeah. And yeah. Carl did shoot her. And, it, you know, I don't really want to live in a world where Carl didn't shoot his mom. He copped out. Yeah. That yeah. would that would kind of reverse a, no small amount of his character development. For sure. Although, I don't know that character development is a strong suit here. <laughs> <laughs> Deb writes in, The citizenry of Woodbury remind me of a coop full of chickens. They do a great deal of helplessly flapping and squawking, but seem to be unable to assess the situation and adapt to it. At this point in the zombie apocalypse, we would expect everyone to understand the danger of honking horns and milling about in confusion, as though they have no memory of the chaos beyond the barricade. Every single one of them should have been aware that the only way to deal with the bite victim is with a bullet to the head, yet they all freak out when somebody takes this necessary measure. Uh, All the indecisive weaklings and idiots should have been zombie food long ago, yet here's a town full of them. Could it be that this particular crowd has been cold of its alphas in order to guarantee the governor a docile, sheep-like populace? Yes. I'm so a little sure conspiracy exactly. theory, but I think you're right. No, I think that's exactly what's happened. And Yeah, we questioned that as soon as we saw this town and we saw all the women in it and not a lot of uh, macho dudes, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like anyone that's uh, outside of his band of psychos, which – yeah, I wonder how he recru- decides the like. Yeah, I'm going to let this guy live. There's clearly a picking process because yeah. when Michonne came in uh, and Andrea came in, he picked. Yeah, you know? so it's like you know he. I think he calls out the strong and keeps the weak minded and the weak. Yeah. And he's got his little muscle, and he kind of rules that place like a tyrant king. Spot on, Deb. Spot on. Mark says, "I'm not sure if I want." <laughs> Apparently, we mentioned the Rubes of Woodbury last time. Uh, he says, I'm not sure if I want Rubes of Woodbury to be the title of the next Mumford & Sons album or a Will Ferrell movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know which would be better. 
Uh, probably a Will Ferrell movie. Mm. I'm not a big Mumford fan. Mumford and Sons? Yeah, everybody loves them, but... Eh, meh. I just want to know who, which one's the daddy. Overplayed on the radio. Which one's daddy? Yeah. Mumford, obviously. <laughs> well, but which one's Mumford? Oh, which one of the guys? I don't, I don't know. David from Sydney says, Anyway, uh, which apparently means that I cut off part of his email, I was thinking the <laughs> other day about how the writers have written Michonne's character. You know, her surliness and lack of dialogue. And you know what? I think she's the smartest actress in the whole show. I bet every week she has pages and pages of dialogue to say, and instead she just stares at the camera <laughs> with her pissed-off attitude because she knows if she starts saying those lines, That's her character's dead for sure. They've got a squib off, off, off scene just waiting to go off. <laughs> as soon as she utters a line. Right. In <laughs> fact, a few episodes back when they encountered that crazy man in his shack and she killed him as he was about to flee out the door... I think she knew that he was going out there to get her script and just had to be stopped. <laughs> Pretty funny, Dave. David, I'm sorry. I don't want to shorten your name if you don't like that. Noel, Noel, Noel W. Not, uh, we have two Noels now, Noels. Noels or Noel? Yeah. I, I don't one know. is a girl's name. N-O-E-L. I don't, I Noel, can never tell. Yeah, it's Noel. N-O-E-L? Yeah. It's Noel. How would you spell Noel? K-N-O-W-L? That's, yes. It's like something out of a Dungeons and Dragons book. <laughs> it's like a monster you encounter in a temple. I can't believe you're asking me to spell or pronounce anything. <laughs> right. Proceed, fair, sir. Fair enough. Proceed. Noel W. Uh, I really liked how the last five minutes it turned into a scene from Ghost, Ghostbusters with Lori in her white dress. However, a couple points for debate. You said about Andrea sticking with the governor. Do you think she is doing this as a bluff and will turn on him? Any Any comment there? think Andrea is sticking with him for I think she's still I her know, own reason. She is kind of like where Michonne was when she was investigating. I don't think yeah, she's got she her doubts. Bullet riddle. But truck. she's still gonna be torn between the people and the and you know, the doing what's best for her and doing what's best for the people of Woodbury and mm-hmm. all that jazz. For sure. Uh, you also mentioned about the roadblock in the car when Glenn smashed the walker's head in. Uh, that's where they, they were coming back from Woodbury and they mm-hmm. got to the truck. Uh, I'm pretty sure Rick said to Glenn, get get the brakes. So I'm guessing this is their own roadblock to stop people coming in? Hmm. I don't mm. know. I'd have to watch yeah, it not to sure. verify that. You know, there's uh, another one like the fucking bridge. The bridge in the middle of nowhere was congested, jam-packed. With the, the Hispanic, the Latino family got hung yeah, up yeah. at. There was like a... But then when Daryl's like, there. fucking beat it, they just got it and drove right around. I mean, <laughs> there's just a lot of yeah, convenient yeah. roadblocks in, in this. Is, uh, For sure. I think they're the editor's best friends. We really need them to stop having a conversation. I know. Have 15 random cars <laughs> just blocking the road. Uh, she also says, holy shit, I just realized Carl is wearing the exact same T-shirt in the Suicide Kings as he is in the picture for your podcast. Surely he has changed by now. Um, that's, wow. yeah, the, that paw print's been around for a while, right? It's gonna be a dirty shirt. Hmm, it's an iconic I mean, we've shirt. got Beth and Carol doing laundry, though, right? That's true. So, it's it's gotta wear out sooner or later, though. Carol's a laundry master, too. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, Carl's, you know, he's 12-year-old. He's probably not sweating too much. Not stinking it up. Hmm. <laughs> that's true. You don't really get funky until you, you know, hit, you hit puberty. puberty. Yeah, then ooh. Then it's like, oh, fuck, I need a razor. I need yeah. deodorant. What is this? I need to start wearing boxers. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Staffa writes in. Uh, he says about Chad Coleman. Hell yeah, Staffa. Uh, I'm surprised in the last episode when you were going on about how amazing he is. Did we? Chad Coleman? He's, oh, yeah. Uh, I guy- was talking. I want, he, I want him to be my boyfriend, basically. <laughs> 
You guys didn't mention that the that the man also has previous experience with zombies. Left for Dead Two, he was a voice of coach. Get the fuck out! I thought I thought I said this like I last half season. Oh, maybe you did. I thought so. I only listen to like every other word you say. So uh, fair enough. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Amanda D. writes in, I had a revelation last week that after hearing your last cast, I felt I should share. In Suicide King, when Rick is laying down the law to Michonne, he tells her that Herschel will patch her up, and then she's gone. The look on her face at this ultimatum was almost happy, and that's when Michonne's character finally clicked for me. She doesn't want to be part of Rick's group. And can you blame her? Rick started in on the bad cop routine as soon as she met him. And I'm sure Andrea told her all about his group during the eight months together, which honestly may have also... Or may have made her decision to leave that much easier. Mm. Uh, that's pretty interesting. If you look at it as Michonne doesn't even want to be here with these people, it well, kind of takes a different tone, right? And what would Andrea said about Rick? Because Andrea was totally on Team Shane, and Rick had just ditched her. Well, yeah. From what she thought, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I don't know. She probably. I don't think she suspected any of them lived. She might have thought she was the lone survivor. You know. But no, yeah. I, that's that's kind of interesting. I still well, she told Merle that they left me there. I th- I thought they had a did conversation. They? Yeah, I thought he tried to play that card. Maybe he did. Yeah. But anyway, but I, I think it makes a lot of sense thinking about Michonne not wanting to be there. I still think that that's consistently her. Because even Andrea's like, you know, you've been bitchy to me this whole lot, you know, eight months we've known each other. You never really opened up. I just think yeah. that's her thing. Yeah, I, and it's sort of a nod to comic her, but honestly, comic Michonne is way more likable. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't know, a lot more personality. Luke H, hey guys, wanted to get your thoughts on what the title of this episode means. Uh, I kind of took it to mean that Rick was trying to conjure his home in quotes out of thin air through chasing apparitions from his pre-apocalyptic life. I'm trying to parse that sentence. I'm sorry. <laughs> I suppose it also could apply to the governor's invasion of the group's home and the breakdown of the group's general sense of seeing the prison as a safe place to be. I like that take. I think it refers to Daryl going home. Yeah, yeah. And both, like, and the with, problems he had at home. Yeah, uh, yeah, when yeah. reveals his back. Right, and finding out where his true home is. Yeah. Uh, he says, also was not, or was Rick not the super soldier of the episode? After presumably no sleep in what appeared to be an all-day woodland adventure in the Georgia heat... He was able to hold off two or three walkers without a scratch, as well as the ability to slice through zombies with butter, or like butter, with the wow. revolver slashes. Yeah, slicing through zombies with butter. Well, uh, he paid a price. His hair was never the same. <laughs> it's going to be greasy for weeks. <laughs> uh, they just don't have the shampoo that you need in the no. zombie apocalypse. Mm-mm. The head and shoulders is a thing of the past. Graham H. It seems like everyone dies saving Carol. Yep, see... You stole the guy's thunder. Sorry. First T-Dog, now Axel. Daryl might want to avoid her. Uh, Ferzan? F-E-R-Z-A-N. I don't know how to say that. Ferzan. Good bet that That's I all I'll say. Uh, did Carl have a line this episode? I think he was talking with Glenn a little bit. Uh, he says, I suppose he's handling his mother's death and father's psychotic illusion chasing just fine. No need to explore that. Are the writers even human? Have they ever felt? I don't think he knows about that. Oh, yeah, he does know. Yeah, that's that's the other point I thought. And I, I brought that up last year is that you're grieving over your mom and your dad's reaction is to, like, fall down and cry and then just get up and take off. That's <laughs> – you're going to remember that. And, again, oh, yeah. I, I think they will 
I I trust that they will make that pay off because I will be very pissed if if they don't. I think there are some issues and hopefully they sort through them soon. Uh, he says Axel, while his death was surprising, do the writers even plan these things out? They have this obvious system of developing characters only right before they die. Why? Uh, how are there zero zombies near Rick the entire episode, but the end there's swarms? Yes. Also a good question. Good Although question. gunfire has a uh, magnetic effect for zombies. Uh, and has there ever been a worse shootout mm. in the history of media? Arnold's guns blazing scene in Commando made more <laughs> sense than this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, good stuff. More effective, too, because at least when Arnold was waving machine gun around with one hand, there was literally like 50 dudes dying from it <laughs> yeah. when they cut to him, you know? Uh, didn't you – what was the quote that you sent me on IM today? You said something – Oh, I, so like last week's episode drove Andy Greenwald, who's the uh, in-house yeah. writer for Grantland, mm-hmm. TV critic, to – he said, I'm done. I'm not covering this fucking show anymore. <laughs> And uh, they they turn it over. They got. I guess there's going to be a rotating list of guest bloggers to to cover it. And David uh, Jacoby, uh, who I don't know, some dude at Grantland. He's one of Bill's friends. Okay. He wrote um, on how this is his guide to successfully watching a break a Walking Dead. He says, "Take your brain out to appreciate the televised zombie apocalypse. You must first make a zombie of yourself. You can't be like Andy <laughs> Greenwald. You can't think about story development, character continuity, performances, showrunners, sets, logic. You can't think at all." This show isn't about thought. This show is about bullet holes and zombie faces, samurai swords and zombie skulls, gore, violence, and general badassery. Last night's The Walking Dead was not unlike last night's All-Star Game. Talking about the NBA All-Star Game. There's no discernible strategy at play. There were long lulls between short bursts of captivating action. There was no soul. But both televised events were thoroughly entertaining. Let's recap this shit. <laughs> that So he sums up the entirety of the zombie genre, right? But the thing is, is this show... Used to do yes. aspire for more. It portends to be more than that. And, for and sure. I guess the, is, is season three a war for the show's, the show's soul? Is it going to go uh, to be the more deliberate, thoughtful, artsy season one? Is it going to go more jam packed action, you know, season three? I think season four. How the will, hell are we going to know? They got a whole new staff running this th- show. That's what I'm saying. I think season four will be. If. If they ever keep a showrunner longer than one season, <laughs> then we will know how they mean the show to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they haven't fired everybody working on the thing, so they must at least tolerate it. Right. But, I mean, it's not because the show's not successful. I don't know. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – I really don't know what they're doing, honestly. Katie and Philly, a few quick observations and notes – uh, giving Michonne the easiest bit of personality and depth was a pretty significant payoff. If she continues to creep out of her shell in the backstretch here, I might be able to overlook her annoying her reticence a bit? in the first nine episodes. I was going to ask you. I was going to say running. I mean, I she know. was badass running around in the field of that katana. But she's always badass. I mean, she's been chopping zombies since day one. Yeah, but that was a nice long, you know, seven samurai take of her slicing and dicing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I like the camera how it was just. <sighs> Like felt like it was struggling to keep up with her. Yes, yes, it was very cool. They, they do when they're not being lazy and cheap about it. Do up action right. <laughs> I got to say, there are some lazy and cheap things about this show as mm-hmm. well. I mean, we talked about the the smoke and daggers mm-hmm. scene last time. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, that wall in front of Woodbury felt very cheesy to me. Sure, like this was a a set that was meant to look much bigger than it actually was. Yeah, I mean, like I, I said, know. you gotta you gotta spend your money. 
where you spend your money. Sure. And uh, they are – I think there's – most of spending your money is smart. Yeah. They probably should have spent a couple more grand on the season opener, in my opinion, to make that rescue a little bit more dramatic. Oh, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got to pick possibly. your battles when you're spending this much You money. say season opener. I'm thinking about 301. The mid-season opener or How, What happened in 301? <laughs> okay. Um, shitty bow girl has been replaced by a snarling backless shirt lady <laughs> who certainly has no love for Andrea. She's got no back. She's it, really, I didn't know. I, I think she had a back to her shirt. Okay. It was just like flesh tone. Oh, okay. Uh, I was sad that we didn't get to see more of the Woodbury mob. They cracked my shit up last week. <laughs> yeah. I do kind of like to see the Woodbury people just floundering around. Right. Just interstation wagons. <laughs> we want out of this place of relative plenty. We had yeah. ice last week and now a person died. What the <laughs> fuck? Uh, also, she says, did you see Stone Cold Carl's face in that gunfight? He makes Clint Eastwood look skittish. Yeah. He, he's, he's bringing the thunder. I'm, I'm impressed with that kid. Daniel W. Uh, not Daniel W.B., not the professional podcast critic. Uh, when Myrtle mentions to Daryl that he tried to kill that Chinese guy, Daryl corrects him and says that Glenn is Korean. Myrtle responds with whatever. Mm-hmm. In the season one episode, Vatos, Daryl calls Glenn Chinese. Glenn corrects him and says he's Korean. Daryl responds with whatever. Ah. Pretty good callback. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, he goes on to say this conversation and callback shows how far Daryl has come without Myrtle's influence and shows how Myrtle has not changed. Great episode, but at this point, Andrea could drink a bottle of drain cleaner, and I would not care. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love to I love to hate Merle, but Andrea is not well written, and I don't care about her anymore. Fair enough. Tyler from the UK, I've been looking for an episode to top The Walking Dead's pilot for a long time now. No, did home do that? No, I was going to say, <laughs> what the fuck? What? I'm calling it into a cast. <laughs> was it a great episode? Yes. The scenes we got between Daryl and Merle were well handled. Herschel made every scene he was in brilliant, uh, including Rick's breakdown. Mm-hmm. Michonne finally took some steps towards being a team player, and the final scene at the prison was one of the best in Walking Dead history. The only real problem I had was where was where the hell did Tyrese go? Yeah. yeah. So we didn't discuss that at all. Like, Tyrese just fell off the map. Right. That would have been another good way to... Uh, in, in, reintroducing the group the governor if, out. If, yeah. if that group had come in at the same time, the Dixon boys and made some kind of sacrifice, could have integrated him. Not a little, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, uh, Pimby says maybe you guys can also address an interesting point I picked up in an interview with David Morrissey. It says he's signed on with a five-year contract. Is this normal for Walking Dead cast members just to be taken out at any point, or does this allude to him surviving this season? You did the briefest of research. I did on a little this. bit of research, and I came to the conclusion that for a series regular, someone that gets uh, you know millions of dollars, the title sequence <laughs> credit that uh, you yeah, get, yeah. it's a five year deal, is kind of like standard. Yeah, and they may or may not kill you off before then. There's right, no, nothing set in stone, but. Right, but yeah, I mean, and that that makes sense. I mean, they do a lot of stupid things just for contract. The reason yeah. that they're considering this one season set of two separate seasons is to make the contracts and the budget work. So they huh. play creative games like that all the time. Yeah. Aaron in Hawaii says, I noticed this on my second viewing of The Walking Dead, Home, when Merle rips Daryl's shirt away and we can see a scarred back, the tattoos on Daryl's back are on the right. But a few seconds later, as Daryl is walking away from Merle... We see his tattoos have switched sides and now are on the left. 
Uh, I rewound just to make sure that he didn't have tattoos on both sides of his back, but nope, just one side. Uh, yeah, sometimes in editing, they'll flip shots. Yeah. And I assume that's what it was. That doesn't bother me. Like I said, the because the, I know that's that's the, the way it works. But yeah, it, the it, blood being on the hands and not on the hands is... It breaks the illusion a little bit, but yeah. I usually let things like that go. Right. And suppose that's all uh, all Norman Reedus, too. I found out those are his real tattoos. Oh, yeah. He yeah. doesn't have any special show tattoos. I thought you meant that body. <laughs> <laughs> that is also all Norman Reedus. Uh, Ryan from SLC. Uh, I guess I might have been under the influence of very low expectations after listening to your drunk spoilers last week. You're welcome. Because I was expecting this episode to be a hot mess. But I have to say there was something about this episode that really, really worked for me. Mm-hmm. Minus the weird exchange between Maggie and Glenn. Eh, I thought that was good. Uh, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there was a moodiness and tension that really kept me hooked on this episode. Yeah, minus, for me, all the parts with Rick, I thought this was a great ep- uh, Not a great. This is a solid episode. Yeah. I certainly and, and the scene between Merle and Daryl was yeah. just awesome. I'm actually very invested to see what he ends up doing because honestly, it's going to be hard for. I would assume Merle was going. This was like a plan of the governor's all along, maybe to get Merle into the camp, yeah. into the prison. But now it's like you know Merle resisting going back. It doesn't seem, and it seems it could be very hard for him to go back to the governor. And screw over his brother and all these people at this point now, too. Yeah. But imagine how much damage they could probably do to the governor with Merle's help. I mean, what does he know? He knows everything he about the city and That's the weak what I'm spots saying. And, you know, so they've got a valuable asset He likes to get drunk either. and stoned at night when they're supposed to be on guard duty. <laughs> yep. I assume he'll play that card at some point. Hmm. He's got to if he wants to stay in this group. So you think, oh, so you think, Merle, do you think Merle's arc is going to be at one of redemption? This season, oh, where boy. he like dies in some kind of noble sacrifice. I mean, or do you think he's going to be integrated into mm. the crew, uh, or do you think he's going to? I my prediction is betray he'll be them. Re- reluctantly integrated into this group, and he'll be on for here on out because Michael Rooker is too good of an actor not to be in this show. I discount that I, possibility. I'm just hoping. All right, fair enough. I, uh, I, I like him too. So yeah. All right, Sheil, who says that he is not a girl. <laughs> um, we must have called him a girl last time. Uh, I thought Sunday's episode was very good. I've heard criticism about how slow the story went until the last 10 minutes, but I thought it helped the story and was well acted. Uh, okay. So the story in the episode and also the story overall he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, how could Rick's group let Tyrese and his crew go? They kicked them out because Rick went Looney Tunes. Somebody should have said, stay in this room over here until he calms down. Because we fucking need you guys. <laughs> but just to let them go, because their leader is acting totally out of character, does not make sense. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised Herschel didn't have more to do with that. Although, it was kind of panicked at the moment. It was like, Rick is off the fucking rails and he's got a gun. Yeah. Like, but, you need to but go. Where, but seriously, where do you think those guys went? I don't know. They probably just ran away from the prison. And they've got to come back. Yeah. They have to come back. Clearly. Uh, but when is the key? Yeah. Anthony B, have either of you watched, uh, I don't know how to say the name of the show, The Borgias? The b- Bourgeois? Is it Bourgeois? Is that how oh, you say no, that? No, 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 I know. It's, it's, Borg- it's that's, No, that's the one about... Uh, Borgias. It's got like, doesn't it got Jeremy Irons in it? Borgias. Yeah, it's some, I don't know. <laughs> I thought, 
I know what show you're talking about. It's Yeah, I don't know how to say it. Uh, he says it's one of his favorite shows. It probably doesn't have a strong enough audience podcast on it. Just wanted to know if you guys had an opinion. Do you have any opinion? I have an opinion. I haven't seen any of it. There's like so. I was, I, we were briefly talking about like being worried about what we would do, cast about when like Breaking Bad rotates off because it's the last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I keep hearing like lots of love from a lot of different shows, and The Americans just came out, and everybody's got a yeah, lot of yeah. buzz about that. So uh, I definitely want to get through House of Cards before anything else because. I'm three episodes in now, so no, why not worth, just keep yeah. going? I, I, I polished that off this weekend. Uh, ten more. Ten hours? That's one day of watching. I can oh, do yeah. that. Yeah, you can power through it. Polish it off in a weekend. Uh, okay, that's it, man. Cool. We're, we're done with the feedback. We've got to go to the outro, which you kind of already did. No. Uh, if you want to send us more feedback, and just drown this. No, don't drown us. Just I'm drown doing the feedback this. now. Aaron doesn't care if you drown us. <laughs> Uh, do so at watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can like me on facebook.com slash baldmove mm-hmm. and follow Jim on twitter.com at baldmove. As a matter of fact, we live don't Facebook, do any of that other stuff. Tweet. Just follow me on Twitter because I'm 600 followers behind Aaron at this point, and I'm doing all the work for this show now. Yeah, right. <laughs> you should have been live tweeting every, every Aaron week. just shows up with a grip of whiskey. That's all he does. <laughs> I didn't even do that. I just got a beer. Uh, New Belgium snow day. Not too many days left to drink a winter ale, so I'm trying to Fair polish enough. them all off. Uh, and last but not least, uh, tell a friend. That's actually should go in the promotion section, but whatever. Yeah. We're right. friends. The people who made it this far, we're all friends, so tell a yeah. friend. And uh, next time we have a meetup, we'll let you know so you can come meet us and actually be our friends. Yeah. we got super-duper spoilers coming up after the yeah. spoiler music. All right, and that's it. So until next time, when we're back with 311, I'm Jim. And we're back with the spoiler section. Go ahead and run the promo for next week episode of AMC's The Walking Dead. You should stop. Stop what? You can go later. I'm going to see them. You go to that prison. Stay there. Hey, there's barely any food or ammo. He's your brother, but he's not good for you. Get back here! And do something. That's far enough! There's dangerous people out there. For a longer look at the next episode, Ooh, disgusting looking eye. Mm. It's going to be Carl versus versus Herschel next episode, fighting over whether or not Rick should be the leader. <laughs> you should stop being the leader. Get back here and do something. <clears throat> do we have anything to read but the, two, the spoiler emails? Uh, no, we just had massive synopsis of next week. All right, thanks to both uh, Jesse B., and, and Jasper. Uh, Jasper, who I called Theodore Tug- Douglas. I didn't catch that he was making a T-Dog joke. No, I called him that because I, I did feedback last week, and yeah, oh, I fucked it up. Dumbass. <laughs> anyway, uh, here we go. This is a long haul. Settle in, grab a beer oh, or a beverage of choice, and let old Aaron tell you a story. The group is in the cell block planning their next move. Merle is locked in one of the cells. Rick doesn't want to leave, while Herschel and the women want to leave. Glenn says, if Rick says they ain't leaving, then they ain't leaving. Merle says they are fools for not leaving last night when they had the chance. That truck through the fence thing, hell, that was him just ringing the doorbell. 
Merle thinks the governor has every area covered, and if he wanted to, he can just sit and wait for them to starve to death. Herschel says, I wanted to leave before, but now Axel's dead. Who else has to die? Rick glances at Herschel, then turns around and walks glances. out. Glances. We're reduced to glances here in the spoilers. Herschel yells at Rick to get back here, and Herschel tells him to clear his head and do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem like they're really quick to abandon the prison. Like, you know, they fought hmm. hard to get it, and it's a pretty yeah, defensible yeah. position. What the hell? Yeah, you would think it's very defensible. Maybe they don't run off every awesome badass that, current, you know... Comes, they come across. Yeah. Rick goes outside and surveys the area. Through his binoculars, he sees for a split second movement in the trees. Merle was right. Or is it Lori? <laughs> Carl comes over to Rick and suggests he should stop being the leader. Milton and the governor back in Woodbury are going over the records of the, uh, all the people. So far, they have listed 20 able-bodied ones, but if they include the sick and impaired, their number is brought up to 26. The governor suggests they include men and women 13 and up. Milton says, you mean boys and girls? The governor states that adolescence is a 20th century invention. They are all men and women. Martinez <laughs> is to arm and train them, which brings their number to 35. So there, that puts 35. a nice, nice bow on it. That's a lot. Andrea walks in demanding to know why the governor lied. He tells her that he went to negotiate because not only does he have biters at the gate, he can't have aggressors miles away. He then claims Rick Groot fired first and that they are bloodthirsty. She doesn't believe it and declares that she will not stand by as her friends gun each other down. The governor tells her it's too late. Andy wants to go to prison. He says if she goes to prison, she should stay there. Herschel, Rick, Glenn, and Daryl are discussing how they're going to clear the walkers in the yard and seal up the gate. They're going to need the ammo, so shooting the walkers is out of the question. Daryl's confident the job could be done, but Glenn says that is before there was a snake amongst them. Daryl makes it very clear that Merle is staying and there's no talking about it and storms off. Rick tells Glenn that he can't kick Merle out. Glenn strongly objects and says to Rick, I wouldn't ask you to try and live with Shane after he tried to kill you. Oh, huh. no, he didn't. Yep. Glenn then suggests they kill two birds with one stone, giving the governor his traitor as a peace offering. Rick nods his head. <laughs> Merle is in a cell securing his knife to his arm. Herschel comes in and they are formally introduced to each other. Merle says, when the governor returns, he's going to kill me first, then Michonne, then my brother, then your girls, then Glenn, Carl, the baby, and whoever else. But he's going to save Rick for last so he can see his family and friends die. That's who you're dealing with. Hmm. After that heartwarming scene, Carl goes to Daryl's cell and tells him, hey, I'm glad you're back. He says, back to what? Carl sa- or Carol says, the prison is their home. Daryl says, it's a tomb. Carol looks down and says, that's what T-Dog called it. At one point, I thought he was right, but then you found me. What? I don't know who's speaking to who at this point. Carol? So T-Dog is speaking to Daryl? Is that what I'm oh, getting? Oh, come moving on. <laughs> Andrew is observing the front gate and how it is completely sealed at Woodbury. Nobody gets in or out. Andrew asks Milton to swear he knew nothing of the prison attack. Milton says he would never advocate a move like that. Andrew believes him and asks him to cover for her because she's going to the prison and the governor can't know. Milton asked her not to go, did not put him in that situation. Milton sees this as a betrayal, but Andrew tells him it's to put an end to the bloodshed. The governor is sitting in a dark apartment looking into a mirror. After knocking on the door, the governor puts his black eye patch on for the first time. Like mm. Vader putting his mask on. Yep. Milton enters the room and is reporting that Andrea has full intentions of going to the prison and she has asked Milton for help. The governor says, help her. The plot twist. 
A walker lurks in the woods. Andrew is hiding behind a tree and Milton behind another one. Finally, Milton gets to Walker's attention. Andrew comes up behind the walker. Bam! Knocks him down. As Milton holds down the walker, Andrew chops off its arms with an axe. She then gets a rock and positions the struggling walker's mouth over the rock and stomps on the head twice, performing what is called the Michonne. <laughs> she knocks out its teeth and crushes wow. its jaw. With a wrangling device, they're able to hold and keep the walker close like Michonne did with her pets. Oof. I just think like post-apocalyptic gene commercials with Wranglers. <laughs> nice. Uh, the commotion has brought other walkers to them. Andrew begins to hack away at the axe, but one gets in close before the walker can attack. Tyrese comes out of the bush and puts a hatchet to the walker's head. Tyrese is back. Tyrese at is back. Just the right time. He comes face-to-face with Andrew and Milton. Michonne is doing push-ups and sit-ups at the same time <laughs> when Merle approaches Amazing. her. He wants to clear the air. Hunting her down was just business. Just carrying out orders, sweetheart. Mm -hmm. He has done things he ain't proud of. Merle walks away as Michonne continues her workout in silence. Imagine that. Yeah. (laughs) Milton explains to Tyrese's group what they're doing with their walker. Alan asks if they have a camp. Milton and Andrea look at each other. Sasha confirms it's just them and their group. Andrea and Milton tell them they have a town that's walled and there are 70 of them. Tyrese and his group can't believe it. Tyrese asks if they can take if they take people in, and Milton says they do, and volunteers to take them back. Oh yeah, uh, he's going to go through the screamer pit if he does that. Yeah. Andrew says if he asks, but Milton, uh, what? Milton. Andrew says if he asks, but Milton interrupts her and says he'll handle it since he's better with the governor than he is with Walkers. Sasha thanks him. Tyrese asks where Andrew is going if she needs any help. Andrew says she's fine and leaves. Andrew and her walker approaches the prison. Carl and Maggie are in the lo- tower lookout when she sees somebody. Maggie looks and recognizes Andrea. She tells Carl to get Rick and the others. The group comes running out. Rick, Daryl, and Merle taking an almost military formation. Andrew yells to Rick, or Rick yells to Andrea and asks if she's alone. She says open the gate as walkers around are closing in on her. Rick repeats the question. Everyone in the prison is in position. Weapons drawn. Andrew screams for Rick to open the fucking gate. Except for Shredden's, they fucking... No, probably not. They let her in, but quickly subdue her. Rick frisks her and repeats his question. Andrew, shocked by his treatment of her, says she is. She is stripped of her bag and weapons. Rick coldly tells her, welcome back. So this kind of subtly feeds into the governor's story. The, uh-huh. You know, Rick and his friends are a bunch of fucking hotheads. Yeah. Inside the prison, Andrew and Carol hug. Carol says after Andrew saved her, she thought she died. Andrew's shocked to see Herschel on one leg. She looks around and asks, where's Shane? No one answers. Lori. Herschel explains she had a girl. She didn't survive. They all had a fiesta. Maggie <laughs> informs her of T-Dog's fate as well. Andrew expresses her sorrow and reaches out to Carl, but he steps back. Andrew asks if they live in the prison, and she would like to see it. Rick will not allow it. Andrew states she's a friend, not an enemy. Rick tells her that they had the field and the courtyard until her boyfriend told down the, tore down the fence with the truck and shot them all up. Andrew tells him that the governor told her Rick shot first. Rick calls him a liar. Her, Rick calls her a liar. I guess the governor a liar. Because everyone knows Greedo shot first. Herschel tells her that they lost a man, a prisoner who survived in there. Daryl says everyone liked him. He was one of them. Andrew insists that he didn't know anything about the attack. She didn't even know that they were in Woodbury until after uh, it all took place, and she came as soon as she could. Nobody believes her. Andrew turns to Michonne and asks, i got to say, if, I love the spoilers, but can we get ed- edited for content? Yeah, maybe Take a little. Take pity on poor Aaron here. <laughs> um, 
Andrea turns to Michonne and asks what she told them. Michonne says nothing, which is the God's honest truth. <laughs> Andrea doesn't understand how she was in Atlanta with them, and now she's the odd man out. Glenn says the governor tried to kill Michonne and almost him and Maggie. Andrew points to Merle and says he had the finger on the trigger. He was the one who kidnapped and beat Glenn. Andrew cannot explain what Philip has done, but she's trying to bring everyone together. Rick said there's nothing to work out and they're going to kill him. Andrew says there's room in Woodbury for everyone. Merle chuckles and says to Andrew she knows better than that. Herschel asks if the governor said he wants to negotiate. Andrew said no, she came because he is gearing up for war. Daryl tells Andrew the next time he sees her boyfriend, tell him he's going to take his other eye. Ooh, Daryl. Nice. Glenn says they've been taking shit for too long. The governor wants a war. He's going to get one. Andrew turns to Rick and tries to reason with them. Rick said the only way he can make this right is to get them inside Woodbury. Andrew refuses, and Rick storms off. Andrew and Michonne are walking outside. Andrew accuses Michonne of poisoning them, to which Michonne replies she just told them the truth. As Andrew walks away, Michonne tells her the governor sent Merle to kill her, stopping Andrew in her tracks. She would have been sent to kill Andrea, too, if she had left with Michonne, but Andrea didn't leave. Michonne is the one walking away while Andrea is still shocked and crying. The governor enters a medical room in Woodbury and tells Tyrese's group that they are welcome to stay as long as they want, and there's plenty of food and clothes for them. As the governor is leaving the room, he says when they're ready to leave, head west, but to stay away from the north. They inform them they just came from there and ran into some whack job in a prison. The governor stops dead in his tracks, turns and says, you saw him? Ben says, if the town needs help with these guys taking them out, that they are in. The governor insists that he cannot ask for them to fight his fight, but Tyree says they cannot go out out there when anything can happen. They will do what they have to to earn their keep in town. Hmm. Carol and Andrea are talking. Carol brings up how Andrea has to do something about the governor. Carol suggests to Andrea she goes back in town, sleep with the governor, give him the best night of his life <laughs> when the, his guard is down and he's sleeping to end this. Andrea doesn't know what to say. Glenn pulls into the courtyard of the car for Andrea. She asks Rick if they can spare the car, and he says, yeah, it's just a Hyundai. <laughs> she nods goodbye <laughs> to everyone and gets in the car. Rick walks over to the car and gives Andrea her weapons back and tells her to be careful. Andrea returns to Woodbury and walks into the governor's dark apartment where he's sitting in his chair listening to music. She tells him that she went to the prison. They are broken, living in terrible conditions. The governor asks why she came back. Andrea looks down. The governor stands up and walks over to Andrea, caressing her face, and tells her, Because you belong here. She looks at them, him, and they kiss. Rick's group is sitting in the cell block together in silence as Rick paces back and forth holding Judith. Beth breaks the silence with song. Little <laughs> uh, bug. Again, yeah. Guaranteed. Daryl, Herschel, and Rick whisper in a conversation. Daryl asks what they should do about the governor, and Rick replies that they meet him head on. Rick's going to go on a run tomorrow. Daryl volunteers to go with him, but Rick says to stay and keep tabs on keep tabs on Merle. Rick tells Daryl, Dell's God damn. Rick <laughs> tells Daryl he's glad yeah. he's back, but if Merle continues to cause problems, it is on you, Daryl. Rick is going to take Michonne and Carl. Ooh, Carl gets a the nod. <clears throat> Andrea walk wakes up and gets out of the governor's bed while he remains sleeping. She walks over to her pants and takes out a knife. She slowly makes her way to the sleeping governor and puts a knife close to his neck. He remains sleeping. She stares at him for a few seconds. Then she puts the knife down and walks away from the sleeping governor to the window and stares out at the moonlight. End Could have ended episode. it. Could have ended it all right there. Yep. All the bloodshed, just like you were talking about, Andrea. Yep. Boo. Boo on Andrea. All right, that was super long. 
Well, we'll try to edit it down a little bit when we get the spoilers next time. Yeah. I don't think we need – I don't know. Uh, I'd like to hear feedback on it. Do people like the blow by blow by – Mega blow, or are they, are they looking for something yeah. a little bit lighter, or exactly what are they looking for? Imagine it was section? funnier last week when we were drunk. <laughs> well, the, the outline was funnier too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought anyway. I don't know. You had some glances in here, like really, so, do we need to know about glances? Yeah. So what do we? Um, and I actually edited down a little bit anyway. What do we think about this? I actually think it's going to put an interesting spin on Michonne. It's going to put an interesting about spin Tyrese. on Andrea's dilemma. That you know, Rick is appearing to match the description of the crazy man that there that uh, yeah. the governor that you know Ty Reese and his group are now those badasses that could have gone to Rick's column have gone yep. to the governor's column. Yeah, I like how they twisted that around. That was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see if this is even accurate next week. It sounds accurate. It yeah, doesn't sound like there's no. We've seen uh, promos. There's no and... Walt choke Skyler to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've only been wrong once. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen again. And that was the Villigan being the Villigan. Yep. All right, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.